People, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're no not in a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit, no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'll go with Childs. Hey, fuck you, Palmer! I'm going with you! Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit! Because the whole world gone crazy! Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. The floor creaks. The door squeaks. There's a field mouse a-nibbling on a broom. And I sit by myself like a cobweb on the shelf by myself in a lonely Hello and welcome to a new episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. My name is Anders Holmes. I am in Denmark and Adam, who's on Zoom, he is mm -hmm. on the uh, wacky side of the Atlantic. That's right. Yes. The crazy side. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, um, hello, I'm in America. How's it going? Oh, let's just look. It's September the 23rd as we sit here and record today. Um, the election isn't until November 3. Just assume that I'm having a nervous breakdown and everything is terrible, unless I tell you otherwise. If, I, if, if something happens, you know, like if, uh, you know, if, if, if Mike Pence falls down a well, or if um, you know Donald Trump shits himself on live TV, or something else happens and that's good, or you know, um, uh, it, it, it would then I'll tell you. But um, right now everything is just terrible, so just assume it's terrible, and then we can move on. So don't, don't, please don't ask because it forces me to look at it. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, how? I mean, everything in your life going well at the moment, work-wise and things like that. Yeah, uh, speaking of films, I have recently uh, collaborated on a short, uh, what I might even go as far as to call a documentary, um, which is uh, uh, um, last uh, Saturday marked 40 years since um, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois's papers, which I helped to look after in some um, way, shape or form, uh, were opened at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. So um, I helped to uh, put together a video, um, conducted interviews and even spoke on camera myself, which is uh, the least good part of this film. Um, we put, put together a little half hour uh, documentary about uh, this uh, archive and um, it's getting a really good response. So I'm, I'm chuffed. Um, I've never been, to hear that. Never made a documentary before. So um, uh, yeah, um, that, that little part of uh, it, that the area is going very well. Uh, well, I mean, the last time you were in a documentary was the one that I did a few years ago. Oh, what about Mum Moving House? I don't think that yeah. counts. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't produce that. Um, yeah, I had no, I had no role to play in that. You just filmed me while I cooked and talked about shite while drinking a gin and tonic. I remember with your um, sunglasses but, on, looking like a boss. <laughs> I don't think I was looking like a boss, but probably looking like a twat. Um, but um, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm pleased with this one. So maybe you put the link in the show notes because um, yeah, I want I, people I, to watch. Boost yeah, those I, numbers. Yeah, I I do have the link that you sent to me on WhatsApp. I do look forward to checking that out when I have a, a free moment. 
What do you mean you have a free moment? You don't have a job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Life is nothing but free moments. <laughs> that sounds like a Disney song. Life is nothing about free moments. No, I, I don't think it's a Disney because it would be like a it'd be like a Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, you know, sort of life. Nothing about free moments, free moments with you in my life. Yeah, it's like a Leonard Bernstein song or something like that. Oh, not like, no, no, not Leonard Bernstein. No, it's like George Gershwin or uh, Cole Porter, I was thinking. Or Robert Rogers and Hammerstein. Again, you just want to go bombastic in music. I'm like, <laughs> you know, this is, no, this is a quiet number. Life yeah. is nothing but free moments is going to star like Dick Powell. Um, you know, Fred Astaire is going to be a nice 1930s musical. You want to make it a big Technicolor splashy thing. It's like, no, this is a, this is a whimsical and nice piece. RKO, baby. All that Gene Kelly choreography. Yeah, leave that out. I'm supposed yeah. to be watching On the Town this week, uh, which I've never seen before. So, I'm oh, he's that. that's with the him and Bing Crosby, isn't it? No, Frank Sinatra. Ah, uh, right. I get those two mixed up. You get Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby mixed up. Well, I, they were both in high society. You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, speaking of Disney, I uh, Disney Plus, or Plus, uh, well, I call it Disney Plus because in Denmark they say Plus. Uh, plus. I mean, What's I was happening re- to you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, so Disney Plus uh, finally arrived in uh, Denmark. So all the sort of Disney goodness is has arrived. And I've been watching a few of the... Um, they have a lot of their old, those old, like, silly symphony symphonies, uh, those old, like, you know, the, uh, the very old shorts that they had with Mickey Mouse and Goofy and all that sort of stuff. And also some of the really old Pixar short films, which are really, really good. So, I mean, if you, if you, have, if you know someone who has Disney+, Plus, you should, you should check those out because they're so, like, delightful and they do put, like, a huge smile on your face. I will do that um i i don't know that i know anyone with disney plus um yeah it I, i've also been watching the star wars tv show the mandalorian which is actually pretty good i've say. heard only good things yeah yeah i think it, it it shows that you you could make a star wars prophecy that doesn't have to make references to skywalker or have someone from the skywalker saga like showing up it can be its own thing and also yeah. the thing i really like about it is it really wears the influences of like samurai films and the, the western genre on its shoulders like it really feels like a proper space where is it on its shoulders is that right is that how you say it no you say where is it on its sleeve where's it on its sleeve okay i said it wrong where's it on its sleeve that's what i meant <laughs> yeah so it's You're inventing it's, new phrases <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was where it where lays it, all <laughs> its cards on the apple tree yeah i did apple picking today it was nice made juice but anyway but uh no the mandalorian is a is is really good and also the thing that i really like about it is the is the sort the, this there's this really interesting technology that they do with it because you get the sense when watching it that disney throwed threw so much money at this that at this show to john favreau and said like okay go out to all these locations and shoot this for our like our stream our new tv show for our streaming platform but the really cool thing is the whole show is filmed inside of a set and they have these and and this you know if they're out if there's a scene that takes place outside in like a rocky area with jawas all that is shot in a studio and they project it onto an led backdrop 
So it looks like on location, which is pretty cool. While they're filming, they, they, can, they have a screen so they can see how it's going to look in the, in the final product. So they're, 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 do, they're sort of getting a good idea of it while they're filming. So it's not like, you know, they're shooting everything on a green screen and then waiting a few months to see how you're going to put everything, you know, so it's not, so it's not like what they did with the George Lucas films and, of, and often these days with like some of the Marvel movies, they do shoot a lot of it kind of, a lot of the locations are like made on a computer and a lot of it is green screen. And I think the cool thing about this is, is that it just looks really real and it gives the, the actors something to work with. Like they actually feel like they're in that location, which is quite nice. Which I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like something that they they might um, on bigger films they might try and they might try and do that. I don't know. Well, especially now, right? With um, you know the restrictions in place, if you're going to film on a set on a closed set and you can make it look like you're outside. I mean, this is funny the way sort of film repeats itself because that's no different really from what you did in old um, like studio westerns where you mm. had an outside shot that's actually on a set with like some fake trees and the and, and and like papier mache rocks in the foreground and then a painted backdrop. I mean there's no real difference to that, is it? Yeah, it's 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 quite interesting that sort of technology and how because I like when I was watching it, I was like, it looks like they went out to some rocky location in the middle of like, I don't know, some like in I don't know, in America or Utah or something like that and, and made it look America like America or Utah. Has Utah succeeded? <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, or like, you know, Tunisia where they shot all the Tatooine scenes. But no, that all that is just shot. It's all projected onto a big like 183 almost. I think it's like a big 180 like screen and they make it and it's it's very realistic. Hmm. And, and a lot of it is, is practical. Like all the makeup effects is practical. Like the, the baby Yoda is, is a puppet and it's practical. And they were about to CGI it at one point. And then Werner Herzog was like, no, you cowards, make it a puppet. What is Werner Herzog doing involved in this? He plays, uh, he plays a, he's, he's called the client and he hires- Okay, fucking hell, I have to see this. If there's a character called by, played by Werner Herzog called the client, I have to see whatever this is. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Okay, okay, I am on. You should have mentioned Werner Herzog because you have my full attention now. Yeah, it's it's a really cool show, and Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, he's he's pretty cool, and like a lot of his dialogue is very sort of uh, man with no name inspired. Like, I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold, like kill you or freeze you or whatever. Oh yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds very, very cool. Yeah, and the second season is about to come out, so it's 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 annoying that the that they haven't on the Disney version of of, of the Danish version of Disney Plus they haven't put all the episodes out, so they're coming out like Bastards. every week. Yeah, it seems like they could have at least put all of the episodes out so everyone here could watch it and then you know be up to date when the second season well, and, comes and see, out. Most people, Andy, most people don't have time to watch an entire series of a TV show in a day because, uh, <laughs> you know, they have stuff to do. So, you know. Yeah, fair enough. But um, uh, no, the, the, the last thing I'll say about The Mandalorian is the the composer who makes the music for the show, Ludwig, uh, Ludwig uh, Göransson, who won an Oscar for the music for Black Panther. The music is very good. Like, it has all these kind of Eastern and very operatic kind of inspirations around it. It's really good. And the tunes are so memorable. Like they stick in your head. Oh, cool. I must, I must say, I, I would love to get hold of it. Is, do, you, do you think they're ever going to do a DVD release of the Mandalorian? What's the, what's the, I thing? mean, depending on how popular it is on stream on the streaming site, I don't know. I mean, it, they could at some point put it out on DVD. I don't know. 
be interesting. I hope so, because I'm not getting a Disney Plus subscription anytime soon. But um, no. do you have one? Can I use it over here? Maybe. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's, I'm sharing it with uh, Felina and me and my girlfriend and I were sharing we're sharing it together. Yes. All right. Um, I sounded well, a bit like Woody Allen there for a second. Yeah, we're sharing it. Um, it didn't certainly didn't sound like what we had in there. Um, the uh, the um, yeah, uh, we'll talk off air. I'd love to get, uh, I'd love to try and see if I can log in. So, what the hell are you recommending today? We've been sitting here for 15 minutes and you've only talked about LEDs and and baby odors. Yeah, so I want to recommend a film which just came out uh fairly recently, a couple of weeks ago. It came out on uh, was released on Netflix on my birthday, and that is the Charlie. They made it just for you. <laughs> it's it's uh, Charlie Kaufman's new film. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. That sounds cheerful. It's yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the complete opposite of cheerful, uh, as most of Charlie Kaufman's films are have have you seen any of his films like i mean i mean he's only he's only directed three films but he's written scripts for being john malkovich adaptation eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh i've seen that that's good yeah yeah he won the oscar along with michelle gondry because i think he collaborated with the screenplay with, with him and um i think like that was my introduction to charlie kaufman which is a very I think for people who haven't seen uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, it is a very surreal, while at the same time, it's a very stunning film. Like visually, it's it's very stunning. And I think the, the, the aesthetic of it is really cool. And I think that's- Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's brilliantly done. Some of the um, practical effects in Eternal Sunshine are amazing. So what's the deal with, uh, I'm thinking of ending things? Yeah, so I think like a lot of his, it, it's probably, it's not his most accessible film. I think there's a lot, I mean, with a lot of his movies, particularly the ones that he's directed, there's, there's, a, there's, a, lot of, in, there's a lot of very different interpretations of it. And, and I, really, I really like his writing. I think there's something very dissident and challenging about it, but it's also very engaging. And he draws you into this like very morbid and philosophical world. And there's something very magical and dreamlike about it about it all and i felt like that when i was watching his animated film anomalisa which came out in t- 2015 and that's uh, stars david thewlis who also stars in this film he reunites with charlie kaufman again you know we're presented a reality that is very familiar and real to us but you know it's 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 very different there's some you, there's some very it's like we're in the mind and subconscious of some very sad lonely and depressed and misunderstood figures who are very much trying to find their way in the world and trying to make sense of the world around them. And, and the most simple way that I can explain this movie, it's, it's, uh, we're introduced to the film through the narration of a young woman played by Jesse Buckley, who is uh, a delight. And this is like a really great performance from her. And I hope she gets more work from this. And she was in uh, Chernobyl, the HBO show. Have you seen that? No, it's really good. Like it's intense, but it, it's really good. And I've heard. Has, oh yeah, I've heard it's very good. Yeah, so she's called like she's credited as young woman in the film, but she's called Louise, and she has quite a few names throughout the movie. And you know, and she's it, it's it, she's in a relationship with uh, Jesse Plemons, who looks a little bit like Matt Damon, and probably gets confused quite a few times. Um, who is a great actor. Yeah, he does look like Matt Damon, doesn't he? He's a great actor, and he was in uh, season two of Fargo. He was the butcher. Yes, in, I, in I, know, I know I know, exactly who he is. Um, or are you telling yeah. the listeners? 
no, it's just well, telling the listeners, but yeah. But... All right, listeners, listen up. Anders is telling you about Jesse Plemons. <laughs> he's the guy who looks like Matt Damon. He's like a fat Matt Damon, and he's in Breaking Bad. He's in Fargo. He's in Bridge of Spies, which is shit. He's in Game uh, Night. He's in Game Night, which is a really. I haven't seen movie. Game Night. He's in that. Yeah. He's, in, he's in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is what you're recommending. Yeah, so she's in a relationship with Jake, and he's she's... He's so funny in Fargo, by the way. Jesus he's Christ, extremely that Fargo. That yeah. second season is so good. It's so good, yeah. It's amazing. The third season with David Thewlis is, like, is on another level as well. Like, it's so completely... It's different from the other two seasons. It takes, like, a more philosophical approach. But anyway, um, yeah, so she's, she's in a relationship with Jake, and he's you know, played wonderfully by Jesse Plemons. And he's, they've been in a relationship for a few months. And in, and he's, and it starts off with him picking her up on the street. And she's, it starts off with this narration where she's talking about maybe ending her relationship with, with him while they're driving to see his parents out in the middle of nowhere. They shot this in like upstate New York, which is like, there's nothing there and it's like in the middle of winter and it's like bleak and depressing and a bit like a bit like fargo actually where they shot around there and her parents his parents are played by tony collette and david thewlis and they've been invited to dinner and it's his childhood home and that's the basic way to describe this film once they get to the house things just go in a completely unpredictable direction and like you know, it's like everything may seem very simple, but, you know, things are never very clear and simple with Charlie Kaufman's work. And I think they do, it does prove to be very divisive. Like he is a, a Marmite filmmaker. He's very much a, someone you, you either love or you hate. And, and it very much splits audience, you know, down the middle. And, you know, they are these very, his films and his scripts, they are these very sort of microscop- microscopic, and complex mysteries about human fragility and self-doubt and annoyance. And there is something Lynchian and there's something Kafka-esque about it with a little hint of Lars von Trier and Woody Allen. Like those Bloody are some... hell. That's a lot of, uh, you just dropped a whole lorry load of names right there. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, you get a sense of like, those are, those people really inspire his work, but he's very able to make his films very singular and his own, his own thing without people sort of being like, oh, that's just it, ripping off those guys. So, it, you know, it's a very, it's a very intricate film. It's a very, it's a very intricate look at the human condition and feelings. And it's a very, it, it's somewhat ambitious, like going into the second half of the film, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And you're not really sure what's going on. It's like that scene in The Simpsons where Homer's watching something and he's like, brilliant. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Essentially, that is this movie. That's one of those. That I think of that every time I watch um, a complicated film, or, or yeah. uh, when first time I watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the original BBC production. <laughs> so good. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, it's like yeah. it's like it's also like it knives out with with Daniel Craig. Is like I have no idea what's going on. It compels me though. So it's you know the movie like it. You, you're very engaged with what's happening. Like, there's a very interesting mystery in like the relationship between the two characters, and there's a very, a lot of it. A lot of it is left ambiguous in regards to what what is what is the film trying to say and what the film's really about, and it sort of shifts a little bit of who the film's protagonist is. Is it Jesse Buckley, or is it Jesse Plemons? And it's you're not two really sure. Jesses. Yeah. So it's it's a very very interesting film, and there's a lot of 
there's a lot of rich intelligence in the writing of, of the dialogue and the characterizations. And of course, these kind of films are always going to rub people the wrong way. I think people will always feel like it's insulting their intelligence, but I don't think that's what Charlie Kaufman's trying to do. And I don't think that was ever his intention. But, you know, I think like, like many, uh, like films that are like this, they're, you know, they're, they're not really made for like a wide majority. And I, and I get that. And I think some of his films are not made for large commercial consumption. You either. Well, thank you, God. I mean, frankly, I don't trust a film that is. Yeah. Like a lot of filmmakers like him, he does have his core cult audience. And I think, you know, but I don't think we should, we, I, but I, I don't know. There was a, I don't know. I got kind of into involved in something on online a little bit about people. Why? I don't know. Just like, in, just to sort of say like, even though like you didn't What like are it, you doing online? It's like, <laughs> it's like shouting into a bucket. You're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah, I know. I just like, I ended it there. It wasn't like big or anything. You were thinking of ending things. I think, <laughs> things like, no, you should never, never engage. No, there's no, 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 no. There's, I, no I, sensible, I, there's no sensible critical conversations happening online about film or anything else. I just said one thing and that was it. But then like they replied back and I didn't reply to it. So I was just like, I'm leaving it there because I don't want to get dragged down this rabbit hole. But I feel like we it'd be like we shouldn't make we shouldn't make fun of the people who like this type of film, or we shouldn't make fun of the people or insult people who didn't like this type of film or it's are not fans it's a of it. Movie. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, in regards to figuring out the film and its core themes, you know, you could there's many ways to interpret this movie. There's maybe only just one but like there's a lot to admire with this movie even if it will make your head spin but it will really stick with you and you'll be thinking about it quite a lot and um yeah so that's pretty well, i have a netflix maybe i should watch it um, it's really really good you should it's it's it there's one scene in the film there's one car scene towards the end of the movie with jesse plemons and jesse buckley where they're talking about uh the john cassavetti movie hudson uh, husbands and for some reason, she starts um, quoting the the review of the movie written by Pauline Kael, and she's and she's talking at a Pauline Kael like she's doing an act, she's doing an impersonation of Pauline Kael. It's quite a funny scene. In, in I love how niche that is. Yeah. Talking about a Cassavetes film and reading the original review by Pauline Kael. That's like, yeah, you've, that's definitely not a film for a mass audience. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that sort of. Um, I mean, it is that is Woody Allen esque, isn't it? I mean, that's really a little bit, yeah. Um, that's straight out of a, like Manhattan or something. All right, then. Well, I'll uh, give it a watch. Yeah, and um, it's on Netflix. And uh, if if you like that, then do check out his all his other films that he's done. Okay, then. Yeah. Well, that concludes another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. Thank you very much for uh, listening to us talking about. I'm thinking of ending things, and also. Uh, what i've been watching on disney plus and uh yeah you can check us out on apple podcasts soundcloud uh podomatic TuneIn, and stitcher and uh do check out uh the the d- little short documentary that adam did for wed wed du bois b I'll, b du bois <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'll link the uh i'll link it in with the show uh, the episode yeah do and or just type in um uh du bois papers 40th anniversary into youtube and you should find it um really means a lot to have done that um and uh the more views we get the better for me i guess well, i don't know i don't get anything but i mean uh it would just be great to spread the joy it's a fun documentary you don't really need to know anything about du bois to watch it um but it is an interesting sort of um uh 
piece about you know what how you use uh, archival how we can use archival materials not just for scholarship but for um you know public outreach education that sort of thing anyway um i'm thinking of ending this podcast <laughs> i'm thinking of anything's right now but uh yeah have a good day stay safe and uh vote <laughs> <laughs> yes. that too <laughs> register to vote yeah if you haven't registered to vote i'm gonna come to your house and slap you also, COVID you, restrictions be damned also if you're gonna vote for a third party don't. don't no 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 not this time okay just come on come on come on just, just be it's, fucking sensible when i say vote you know what i mean it's 2020 don't make, don't make me spell it out it's no time for dumb fuckery yeah but well it, it is the time for dumb fuckery so let's let's make it stop okay let's get out of here before i get threatened yes Starts a nibbling on the broom, and the sun flicks my eyes. It was all a pack of lies. I'm awake. <laughs>